0: Welcome to the In Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we wanted to continue our wonderful topic of last week when we were talking about rom-coms. We wanted to engage in that conversation of TV and movies, films in general, and talk a bit about what is masculinity and how it is portrayed in those mediums, right? Yeah, I think it's a topic that is very interesting. And I don't know if you guys thought about it before, like how male characters are portrayed and what's the reason for that? You know, why we have some tropes, as they say, or some specific groups of uh, characters that are defined as one thing or the other thing. So I think it would be interesting for us to go through some of those uh, stereotypes or some of those groups to identify some characteristics and talk a little bit about them. That's right. So So, what is the first one you want to talk about? Maybe we can start with the nice guy, because everybody has seen a nice guy in their lives or on TV, right? Mainly on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly on TV. But yeah, the nice guy. Who is the nice guy? I would say mainly he's the type of guy who is a romantic. He likes doing gestures. He is nice, as the name says, and kind sometimes. And Mainly, some when they are portrayed on TV or te- or films, usually they're not the guy who gets the girl. They're usually in the friend zone mm-hmm. because they're the nice guy. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that and of course, there are different um, there are different ways that the nice guys portrayed, and, but talking mainly about the main type of nice guys, maybe those are the the main characteristics. What do yeah, you think? think they are emotionally available, usually in something that we don't see a lot as a masculine trait. Probably, it's like they can relate emotionally usually to the female character. And that's why they seem to genuinely care for her. So that's why, like, we see his side of the story, like, he really cares for her. That's why he's the friend or wants to be a boyfriend or something. But there is also a dark side to the nice guy, isn't it? Yeah, usually I feel the nice guy is a bit pushy, you know. Mm. Like, even though the girl has said to him, I'm not interested. He's still like, I'm going to win her heart. And they can stalk her a little bit or, you know, Mm -hmm. be around them all the time if they're a friend, for example. But it feels like they don't realize that when she says no, it really means no. It's just like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to get her, right? A lot of acts of service involved as love language and all those things. But yeah, like that, and- because they can be so pushy, they can also become kind of the villain of the story sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think one example of those guys that, you know, they don't really listen to the girl and they think that they're going to become the love of their life no matter what. It's 500 Days of Summer, mm-hmm. right? We see clearly the main the main character. Not listening to summer, even though she's saying I don't want a relationship, right? And then she becomes the villain when actually I don't believe she's a villain at all. He's delusional. That's the thing. Delusions. Do you know which movie I'm talking about? No. I'm repeating some Delusions. Sorry. <laughs> Continuing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's other types of, like, nice guys that seem to be nice guys, but actually really weird. Like the Netflix show, You. If you've watched it, you know, like, he's a psychopath. But he's always acting nice and trying to show, like, how much he cares for the girl and that he's there for her. And, yeah. Yeah, and if you watch Promising Young Woman... It's also a topic that they mention a lot. It's about female revenge, the movie. It's pretty nice. Did you watch it? No. Yeah, and um, she says that every, every night that she goes out, she pretends she's drunk and there's always a nice guy that comes to ask if she's okay. But actually, they're trying to get her. So, especially when she's drunk and, I mean, pretending to be drunk and in a vulnerable position so that's um when they approach the the nice guy stereotype like someone pretending to be nice someone pretending to care about the other person in a vulnerable situation when they're actually just trying to um get advantages or trying or really being a a nasty person actually Mm -hmm. pretending to be the good guy the nice guy yeah so So yeah and it's funny to think about like changing a little bit, but continuing the nice guy, but a different storyline that I thought is like all fairy tales. Like the prince is usually the nice guy. Like yeah. I think only in the frog and the princess that the the prince is not exactly the nice guy. But like all the other traditional Disney stories, the prince is the nice guy. But like He's not exactly an action guy. He appears at the end kind of to save the day. He's a bit weird. Yeah, he doesn't do much. And then he's uh, the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saving the princess. So I think yeah. another one that is I find very interesting, and I think probably is the one that is beloved by most people, is <laughs> the bad boy, the bad guy but not like the villain people. Yeah, because there's a huge difference between the bad boy and the villain. And bad boy people like them. They really like them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So usually they have very ambiguous morality and there's some backstory to the character that makes them so enticing and mysterious. And, you know, you want to help them because usually they're a bit messed up. But... I think we have some good examples of bad boys like Damon Salvatore in The Vampire Diaries. I would say the Edward Cullen in Twilight or Chuck Bass in Gossip Girl as well. Those are examples that I think clearly show that the bad guy, the bad boy stereotype, you know. And they are usually, well not usually, they're always good looking. The bad boy has to be Mm -hmm. good-looking. He's usually strong, mysterious. He's kind of silent. And there's something about them that you think is dangerous. But even though you think that, you're still so enchanted by them. Mm -hmm. They're usually tall and they have dark hair, usually. And... Like you said, their morality cannot be, sometimes they're not, they don't follow the normal society values. Um, But I think that's the fun part about them. Because it's like, usually the story shows how society is already so messed up. So those type of characters, they come saying, yeah, life is messed up. So why are you pretending everything's fine? I just act for what it is. I think they're complex yeah and they're complex right yeah they're not the type of character that you will figure out just in the first scene you know he's a nice guy he does he does that and that no you don't know what he's doing you don't know where he's coming from you don't know what he's going to do next and that's the nice thing about the bad guy the bad boy right that's why i think a lot of uh, writers like to write about them because it's pretty easy to to catch the attention of people when you have a character that is so unpredictable, mm. but not in a, in a, you know, uncomfortable way, but in a mysterious um, mysterious way that you feel you need to know what's, co- what's coming next. Yeah. Because you don't know the motives of that character. And it's interesting sometimes how they show that a bad boy, maybe in the past, he used to be a nice guy, or like something happened to them, and now they're the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how their relationship with female characters, as well, right? Because usually, um, we feel that a woman can save him from his bad side, so to say, he's redeemable, right? Even though he's done bad stuff, if we can empathize with him a little, especially the the female lead. It feels that she's able to save him or she's able to redeem whatever he's done before. And then he can go on with his nice and cool personality, but still on the light side of things. It's kind of like he becomes a good guy just for the main lead, for the lead character. And for the rest of the world, he's still the bad boy. (laughs) But that's really dangerous, this idea. because then you know we know that things in movie and tv they are not right. as in real life so don't go you know into a relationship expecting that you can change the bad guy because you are the love of his life and then you can change that person because they're like the bad boys in the movies because it's not like that usually it ends up only in you know a bad relationship with maybe even an abusive relationship so you know that's really problematic in this type of um storyline yeah and i think it's pretty common for the bad boy be like the main character Mm -hmm. of movies like the lead because yeah they're just interesting and usually they cause chaos and drama And when there's, like, drama, there's a storyline. So if there is, like, (laughs) something bad going on, it's good for the story because it will keep your attention in it. Another thing about the bad boy, I think, it's not only unhealthy, the storyline for girls, but also for boys. Mm. Don't you agree? Because if you see on movies, like, the nice guy always being in the friend zone or not being recognized, And the bad guy doing shady stuff, he's having all the girls and he's having all the attention. Then maybe we pass this image or this idea that if the guys are not so nice, if they do some bad things or they have a bad behavior, then they can be rewarded as seen as the bad guy in real life. But that's not nice. (laughs) You know, we have to uh, stop toxic masculinity and. You know, show more examples of healthy mas healthy type of masculinity, I believe. And making guys believe that if they behave badly they're gonna get some rewards, that's not nice at all. No, not at all. So I think there's just another example of how twisted it is. The archetypes we have of masculinity. And then we can talk about some of the other not so traditional archetypes, because like the good guy and the bad guy is, like, pretty common, so... Yeah. So there is another one that, um. while I was looking up things about um how masculinity is portrayed on on the internet, I was looking it up, and I found the himbo. I've, I haven't heard this word before, probably. Maybe you've heard it before, but I thought it was kind of funny, you know, the word and the way they are portrayed. The himbo is just a guy that is hot and he's kind of dumb, but he's kind, you know. He's not a bad person. He's harmless. Yes, he's a really good person, you know, but they're there because they look good. They're not like cute. They're hot. (laughs) Do you have any examples of the himbo? I don't know if you guys watched the Rocky Horror Show. It's like a cult movie. Um, But Rocky is like a perfect example of himbo he literally has no brains like he doesn't know what is right what is wrong he's very innocent but he's like sculpted he has abs and he's like really handsome so i think that's one example rocky is the himbo you have yeah. no idea like he was created by a man, a transgender man because the movie is all about um this doctor is He's from Transylvania. He's transgender and then transvestite. It's pretty cool the way they think about it. Um, and he creates this guy just the way he wanted. And he's like fully sculpted. He only wears a golden kind of shorts. You know, the ones you spend. Underwear in. is like very, an underwear. Yeah, very tight. And he has half a brain, I think, they say in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because the other half is with the other character, the girl that he created before, if I'm not mistaken. So it's literally like hot, kind, and dumb, mm. Rocky. And he only had, by the end of the movie, he's only like seven seven days old or something like that, you know? So he's really innocent and yeah. he's, he doesn't have anything bad in his heart. He's really kind. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a pack of muscles. Yeah, I think, like, we also have these animations as well, like Kronk in the, what's the name? I don't know the name of that animation. Let me look it up. We can go talking about another one. Then we have Hercules. Hercules is, like, a typical one because he's, like, full of muscles and he's, like, kind and he will harm no one. And... And then we have, like, for example, in Glee, I think Sam Evans, he's, like, the blonde guy that sings and it was not the football team, but, like, he's harmless, too. I found it. Uh, Kronk's from the Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's I New think New you Glee. watched it before. Yeah. From the 2000s. If you were a kid, when we were kids, probably you know it. But I think the funny part about the himbo archetype is like, they kind of show that. (laughs) I don't know if it's nice this, but it's like instead of being a dumb woman, is a dumb man. Because usually in the past, like people used to say like blonde and dumb, which is like ridiculous. Is a really really bad art like stereotype for women, but they also do it badly for men in this case. And I think not only that, but on the same line they usually portray a man that is smarter than a girl yeah. or a woman. And in this case, it's the opposite. They usually show um, next to this guy a girl who is very smart or a girl who is smarter than him. Mm. And it's just like, oh, well, he's not so smart, but he's, he's cute, you know, let him be. <laughs> <laughs> and I also found that this um, stereotype, this type of person, the himbo, Usually, they are portrayed differently if the public is masculine or feminine. If the Himbo is portrayed for other men, usually they have to have a special ability. For example, be really good in combat, you know? Um, or be kind of the hero type. For example, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger, they were types that were kind of the Himbo because they were super strong. They were, and they but, a lot they they were like moves. strong, yeah. but. But they had this thing that they were really good at something, right? They could fight, they could do this and that. But when the himbo is for the female audience, not always they they don't really need to have any special quality, just you know, they just have to look good. (laughs) And usually they're very sweet and harmless. It's really like a fantasy. Yeah. Now there are We have a lot of types, and I don't think we have enough time for all of this. But I think we can go to the smart guy. He's like another thing that comes up. And I think it's it's getting more popular, these days Because I think it's more realistic, I feel, somehow. Mm, Yeah, maybe. Depends. I I mean, I've seen the the smart guy being portrayed in a way that is not realistic at all. Mm. As well, but yeah, usually we see them as not being the main character. Usually they're inside, you know, they really help the team. They contribute to the teamwork. You know, there are some even in um superhero stories, there is a guy who is very strong and is there to fight and he's like on the on the back, thinking the plan and you know, giving the information they need. Or in case of superhero, if he's very smart, he's the smart guy, usually He's in a robot suit because he knows technology to build it up, but they're not usually um, really good in combat or strong. But apart from superheroes, what can you say about the smart guy? When you talk about the smart guy, Sherlock comes to mind and like he's an example that is a bit out of line because he's the main character. Yeah. You know, like he's very smart, but he's also he has presence. People kind of are a bit intimidated by him. So he's not like smart, but like people make not the nerd. He's not like the nerd type at all. He's like smart because I'm smart, because my brain works better than yours and faster than yours. You're intimidated by me, that kind of thing. And we can see this in various storylines, I feel. And they tend to be, like I said, antisocial and a bit quirky, but also like a bit full of themselves and feel like they are better than everyone else, a bit they arrogant. Rude. Yeah, rude. And like in The case of Sherlock, he's not neurotypical, and we see that a lot when they portray a very smart person. Usually, they are portrayed as not a neurotypical person, I think. Comes to mind, like, Picky Blinders, there is one scene in the beginning that Tommy Shelby, he's, like, the head of the gang, and he says, "I'm thinking so you don't have to." Because like he is very good at his strategy, so he literally says that to his brother, like, "You done best kind of thing." It's <laughs> like, Oof. Mm. And another side to the smart guy is also that they can become the villains, actually. Mm. If they have enough power, because if they have brains and power, they have a lot of things they can do, they can be done. Yeah. So they can be the villains in this case. And I wanted to mention about like the lead characters usually. Is that okay? So actually this whole conversation came to mind for me at least because I was paying attention at lead characters and I was kind of annoyed by how quiet they are because like they have a lot of presence on screen usually, the lead. But strong male leads, they are very quiet, if you think about it, because they express themselves not through words, speech per se, but through action. So you kind of admire them and follow their hero's journey just through their actions mainly. And some characters that come to mind is like Jamie Fraser from Outlander and Ragnar from Vikings and Tommy Shelby in Picky Blinders. Those are like men that are feared by their peers and respected, and also they have some kind of principles that they follow, some kind of moral that they go through. And I was just wondering, it's it's a bit interesting to me how this kind of values that they have and this strength that they have don't really reflect in how articulated they are. And is it? Be, and I was thinking maybe because speech is collectively understood like conversation and monologues and all those things that's something feminine, like talking as feminine. And I have never seen a chatty male lead in my entire life. And yeah, lead, that's for sure. Like the person on the side of the lead is like the chatty guy that kind of contracts, contrasts with him and show like, oh, look how weak he is. He's always like babbling and chatting and stuff. You know, he it seems like he doesn't have a clear mind a clear focus or goal to act, you know? Yeah, and I think this thing of um showing what they're thinking or their personality through action is something really masculine. So that's why, I guess, they use this in most of the male leads because they want to portray this um standard type of masculinity and show that this is a strong behavior, this is how men should act. And we can see that some, some some movies now they're showing guys who can talk a little more openly and who can you know show their hearts. But usually they're seen as nice and cute, they're not seen as powerful, they're not seen as the leader, actually, right? Yeah. And it's even like the way they process things. Because so like female leads, they can be powerful. But sometimes you can see through their speech. Through things they tell others or tell themselves in like a monologue style, you can see their thinking process and where they're going in the story through words. So, yeah, because in my mind, I always look in, paying attention to the dialogues, and I'm like, why is this guy not answering? You know? But the thing is, for the storyline, he doesn't need to answer. Maybe a nod is enough. Maybe a look is enough. But for me, it's like, it's not enough i want an answer <laughs> but they never give us an answer because it takes away the power from the character you see it's so funny that it came up to my mind now that when the villain is about to lose some things they give like this long speech explaining their entire plan they and it's like life. when the guy and the, yeah when the guy is talking a lot something really bad is about to happen to them you know yeah. they're gonna lose all their credibility mm-hmm. and that's exactly no one who is no male who is winning to talk a lot the way they you know Mm -hmm. human tv portrays them it's something very interesting and also like we were talking usually there is this difference that women have less lines than men which is something really bad that happens but even though women have you know less lines they can be portrayed as very chatty and talkative Yeah, right. and like we were saying, I think this effect is just because they are giving less secondary lines kind of thing. So it feels like what they're saying is not as important. So it comes to your mind just as like, oh, she's chatty or just a way, or even male character when they have like, when they're always screaming, when they're always like being extra, when they're always saying that, even though they might not have a big amount of lines, just the way they show those things make you understand the entire characters as something. As a personality type. Mm -hmm. Like you were mentioning Peaky Blinders, because they have this really big contrast between Arthur is like he's a weak character in comparison to his brother, Thomas Shelby. So like, Thomas is completely serious and he strategic he doesn't talk he's like very focused all the time and like Arthur is like big and shouting and yelling and asking Tommy all the time what to do next and all those things so he seems very weak in comparison to his brother also another example of that not in a way that exactly the same way but we can see Dr. Watson and Sherlock yeah like Sherlock is he, he has a lot of lines because he's the main character. But he seems to be very taciturn and very quiet and, you know, he holds things to himself. On the other hand, we see Dr. Watson and he's, he talks maybe less than Sherlock, but he feels like he's more talkative than Sherlock. And he feels that he's kind of anxious around Sherlock. He's like jiggly and, you know, He's not sure of himself in the exactly. situation of, of combat, right? And the, way the other luck is the opposite. He's really confident he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think the hesitation in the speech is also a big way of showing this. And also, even when the male lead character has a lot of lines, usually they're action-oriented as well. They're not talking about emotions. They're not talking about another character. They're not talking about anything. They're talking about themselves in their action plan. Or they're saying, they're telling someone to do something for them. Exactly. But it's like all action aligned. So I think that's the big difference. Another thing that we, we were mentioning before is how when males are quiet, they they seem to be more powerful and they seem to be someone we should respect. And, you know, he's like analyzing things and he's in a different position than others. But when a woman is very quiet, she is strange or people think that she's dangerous. You know, like, why should she behaving that way? She should be plotting something against us, you know? Yeah. Oh, she's just weird. You know, like, why is she behaving that way? Yes, depending on how the person is, like body language and everything, you can go those two ways. But it's never considered something normal for a woman. But for a man, it is. Which is something we're discussing here. (laughs) And I think it would be interesting for us to follow this conversation on masculinity about... How women are portrayed in film and television, and discuss you know this this the same situation that happens to women. Like if they talk in a certain way, how they're going to be perceived, or how why do they build characters in a certain way to portray more femininity, or why characters that are female they can show a lot of masculine masculine traits if they are more taciturn, or if they have a lot of power, or if they know combat, right? I think it would be really interesting for us to do this segment, you know, the following the following episode about that. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We have many more things to tell you, but we don't have enough time in the episode. But if you're curious and you want to listen more about those things, just let us know. And thank you so much for your time. You can find more things on our blog aimsisters.com and share this podcast and give us a review it does help a lot yeah thank you very much thank you